0: Welcome to Season 3 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes, In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is taken from Poet's Corner. Podcast 138, Part 5, Book 3, is entitled, Milton's Paradise Lost, Free Will, Part 1.
1: This is the fifth in the series entitled, Milton's Paradise Lost. In books 1 and 2, we have the war in heaven. Satan and his angels are cast out of heaven. In book 2, Satan escapes from hell and travels toward earth. Those scenes are covered in previous podcasts. Today's podcast is from book 3. As Satan flies through chaos in night, he is observed by Elohim and Jehovah, the Father and the Son. Satan thinks he is free, but his every move is monitored. He travels to the earth only by permission, though he doesn't know it. The Father allows Satan to tempt man only because opposition is necessary. Man cannot have agency unless he is enticed both by Satan to do evil and by Christ to do good. Elohim is speaking to his Son, and he explains why he allowed Satan to come to earth. Milton introduces the Father and the Son.
0: Now, had the Almighty Father from above, from the emporium where he sits high throned above the height, bent down his eye, his own works and their works at once to view. About him all the sanctities of heaven stood thick as stars, and from his sight received beatitude past utterance. On his right the radiant image of his glory sat, his only Son.
1: First they observed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden.
0: On earth he first beheld our first parents, yet the only two of mankind in the happy garden placed, Reaping immortal fruits of joy and love, uninterrupted joy, unrivaled love in blissful solitude.
1: Then he spied Satan flying toward earth.
0: He then surveyed hell and the gulf between, and Satan there coasting the wall of heaven on this side night in the dun air sublime, and ready now to stoop with wearied wings and willing feet on the bare outside of this world. That seem firm land embosomed without firmament, Uncertain which, in ocean or in air, Him God beholding from his prospect high, Wherein past, present, future he beholds.
1: The Father speaks about Satan.
0: Thus to his only Son foreseeing spake, Only begotten Son, seest thou what rage transports our adversary? whom no bounds prescribed, no bars of hell, nor all the chains heaped on him there, nor yet the main abyss-wide interrupt can
1: hold. Before Satan even acts, Heavenly Father explains that all the evil Satan does will double back on him, and he becomes the victim of his own evil, bringing misery on top of misery upon himself. Sin is its own curse, and one breathes upon himself the punishment of hell through the natural consequences of broken laws. In Book 2, Milton describes how sin was given birth when Satan conceived the idea of fighting against God. At first, sin was beautiful beyond description and seduced a third of the host of heaven. Lucifer was so enamored of his daughter's sin that he lay with her and conceived death. Death, however, had an unnatural birth. He was ripped out of her bowels, deforming her body into a hideous monster, and death, filled with lust for his mother, raped her and begot an infinite brood of hellhounds that continued to gnaw at sin's entrails, causing unimaginable pain. Using those incestuous images of Satan, sin, and death, Milton describes the incestuous nature of sin, how it doubles back on itself and torments its victims. On the one hand, Milton describes the pains of hell in his own inimitable way but lays the blame on the sinner and not on God. In Book 1, Milton defined his purpose, to justify the ways of God to man. Sin itself creates its own hell. The purpose of the atonement of Christ is not to send us to hell, but to redeem us from hell by paying the price for our sins. Milton is attacking those who blame God for Satan, sin, death, and hell. He rejects the idea that God wants to punish us for our sins. The Father continues,
0: So bent he seems on desperate revenge, that shall rebound upon his own rebellious head. And now, through all restraint broke loose, he wings his way not far off heaven, in the precincts of light, directly toward the new created world.
1: The Father explains Satan's purpose.
0: And man there placed with purpose to assay, if him by force he can destroy or worse, by some false guile, pervert, and shall pervert.
1: The purpose of Satan is to destroy our liberty, and through guile, pervert our chance of happiness and eternal life with God. Then he explains man's weaknesses.
0: For man will hearken to his glozing lies, and easily transgress the sole command, sole pledge of his obedience.
1: According to Milton, we are easily deceived by the wiles of Satan, what Milton calls gloss in lies. To gloss means to explain away, to extenuate, or to gloss over. Satan alters truth and makes lies appear to be true, using craftily chosen words. Next, the Father explains free will. One of the great paradoxes, if not the greatest paradox of Christianity, is the fall of man. Is it God's fault? Is it Satan's fault? Is it Adam's fault? The answer splits Christianity. One paradox is that in the Garden of Eden grows the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, both planted by God. Why did God place the tree of knowledge of good and evil along with the tree of life? Without the tree of knowledge of good and evil, man never would have fallen. Obviously, one way to prevent temptation is to remove temptation so that it isn't even a choice. Why did God give Adam and Eve the choice? The answer is quite simple. Agency. Without choice, there can be no agency. The second conundrum is that even with the choice, without Satan, there would have been no enticement. The fruit of the tree itself was not sufficient. Adam and Eve have access to all the other trees in the Garden of Eden, including the Tree of Life. If Satan had not been allowed into the Garden, even with both trees, Adam and Eve would still be in the Garden of Eden, naked, innocent, and childless. One distinct downside to that is that we would never have been born. There would have been no posterity. Adam and Eve did not know they were naked. Those who think sex was the sin overlook the fact that without sexual desire between a man and a woman, there can be no sexual union and therefore no children. They would have remained in their innocent state forever. In addition to opportunity, all temptation must have a catalyst, and that catalyst is Satan. All good must have a catalyst, and that catalyst is Jesus. We are enticed to evil by Satan and enticed to good by Jesus. Therefore, we have agency to follow one or the other. God put agency above everything. The only one who wants to take away your agency is Satan. Everything Satan does is to lead you into captivity and misery. Every law of God is to give you freedom and joy. That eludes many people, even many Christians. Opposition is necessary for freedom and happiness. To understand good, one must understand evil. To feel joy, one must know sorrow. Will Satan be rewarded for bringing about good by enticing man to evil? No, because the law of justice won't allow it. Christ said, Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. That is the downside to agency. We are held accountable for our own decisions. We are judged by the desires of our heart. Satan may entice us to sin, but he may not force us to sin. We are responsible for our own choices. The war in heaven was over agency. Those who followed Michael wanted free will, freedom, agency, and liberty. The vast majority, two-thirds, followed Michael, who led the battle for Christ. A third part followed Lucifer because he offered the easier way. His plan was to take away choices. You see the irony. He simply wouldn't entice us to sin. Therefore, we wouldn't understand what sin was. It is a kind of blackmail. If you don't choose me as the leader, I will lead people to hell. For his blasphemy, he and those who followed him were cast out of heaven. And thus, through his enticements, we have agency. Heavenly Father in Christ knew that. That is why Christ offered to atone for our sins. He thwarted Satan's plan. Satan lost the war in heaven, and he will lose the war on earth. That is already determined. What is not determined is which path we will choose. That is determined only by us, whether we follow Christ or whether we follow Satan. The first defeat of Satan was the war in heaven. The second defeat of Satan was when God placed cherubim and flaming sword to guard the way of the tree of life. Had Adam eaten of the fruit of the tree of life after he ate the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we would never have suffered death, and we would have been bound to Satan forever. Death frees us forever from Satan's power if we choose the path set by the Savior. The third defeat of Satan was when Christ said in the wilderness, Get behind me, Satan. Christ was tempted as much as we are tempted, but never gave in to temptation. Therefore, sinless, he was qualified to satisfy the law of justice and atone for our sins. The fourth defeat of Satan was when Christ took upon himself our sins and suffered for our sins in the Garden of Gethsemane, thus satisfying the law of justice and paying a price that we could not pay. The fifth defeat of Satan was when Christ died on the cross and rose from the grave, bringing about the resurrection of all mankind. Thank you for
0: listening. Watch for our next podcast.
1: In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com